Hey, thanks for joining me today. Today I'm starting a new segment called Testimony Tuesday, where I'll be interviewing various Christians to hear their testimony in order to encourage and uplift one another. So stay tuned for Testimony Tuesday here on Creeds and Deeds. Reformed and Evangelical, Confessional and Missional, this is Creeds and Deeds. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 119, verses 89 through 96. Lamed. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. This is the word of our Lord. Westminster Shorter Catechism, Question 99. What rule has God given for our direction in prayer? Answer. The whole word of God is of use to direct us in prayer, but the special rule of direction is that form of prayer which Christ taught his disciples, commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Scripture Proof. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. Today I'm starting a new segment called Testimony Tuesday. I'm going to try and find some various Christians uh, every Tuesday and have them uh, just share their testimony on my podcast and just kind of talk to them about their faith and everything in order to uh, encourage one another. It says in Hebrews that we should encourage each other today while or this day while it's still called today. And uh, I think this is a great way to do that. Um, my recording today is with a guy named Josh who hosts a podcast called Let God Die. And uh, he'll describe it to you here in a minute. I had some issues with recording, and so this is kind of weird because he had to send me a couple of intro things because it cut off my intro, and so it's like broken up, and then my audio quality, for some reason, came out really, really bad, but his was good. So whenever you hear me talking, it's super crappy, but then his talking is good. So um, I'm very, very sorry about that, but it's still an awesome podcast, so... uh, Hopefully you will enjoy it, and here it is. Hey Alex, thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, So yeah, I host two podcasts. One is called the Hollerin' Poets Podcast, and with that podcast, each season focuses on a spoken word poet, and uh, we track through an album of theirs. 
So uh, each episode actually goes along with um, a track from the album, and we just dive into some of the behind the scenes um, of each track. And the other podcast uh, is my main thing. We're a little over 100 episodes in. We've been doing it for uh, close to four years now. And it's called the Let God Die podcast. Now that's uh, God with a lowercase g. Um, the, our full kind of title with the tagline is Let God Die So God Can Live. And really the idea behind that is that uh, for us who follow God, uh, recognizing that the uh, version of God that we follow is not complete, um, that there are things that might be the result of what we've been told um, that really just doesn't really have any scriptural foundation. That really doesn't have any scriptural foundation. And on the other side of the coin, for people who reject God, I'm recognizing that the God that they are rejecting is really just a convoluted version of the God of the Bible. Um, and having that understanding um, that uh, people that are rejecting God are just rejecting that version. Um, and uh, I think we can find a lot of middle ground on recognizing those things and realizing that, uh, I don't know, kind of the God that they've been given, um, that we've all been given, um, is not a true full picture of God. And uh, oftentimes it doesn't have any foundation and it's just a product of our own brains or things that we've been told um, or things that we come up with. Um, but really just getting back to the, the heart of uh, scriptural teaching um, and seeing who the character of God is uh, in the Bible. Hey, how's it going? I think I just had, I think I just had bad service for a minute there, so I'm okay. We're different, well, but anyways, I can just, I'll just put them together. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What was the last thing you heard? Uh, the last thing I heard was uh, you asking about uh, the podcast. Um, oh, okay. So I was just saying, uh, you know, I, I like the name and everything there, but then I was saying um, that I. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Martin Luther. He talks about, he said, the, you know, the heart is a, is a idol factory and, uh, and that your heart is just constantly making these idols, which almost become like little gods. And you have to like kill yeah. them or you can, you know, in order to worship God, you have to get rid of those idols, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I'd actually never heard that quote from him. That's really interesting. Um, and it's, I, I mean, I'd heard that kind of conversation, you know, like uh, it, in all different contexts in our life but um, for me there was a point in time that I was like oh one of my idols has been I guess kind of like this idealistic self-serving God yeah um, that wasn't really based on anything scriptural it was just based on um, I mean I guess essentially all right like God must be this way because that's what I associate with a good God if that makes sense Um, and uh yeah, so like in in large part, my my God, as in my idol, was my concept of God. Um, yeah, and I I think that that's uh, pretty common. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty common. You know, because we all get like kind of messed up conceptions of God sometimes. But yeah, uh, but I mean, I think none of us will have a perfect understanding of who God is until we meet Him, because yeah, he gives us. I mean, he says in the Bible that his ways are higher than our ways and all that stuff. But I understand exactly what you mean because it's so easy to, you know, basically, like you said at the beginning, put your idea of God onto who God must be because of whatever your preconceived notion or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, so tell me, uh, uh, how long have you been a Christian for? Um, I, I really came to a point of, uh, 
of uh, giving my life to Christ when I was, it was 14 or 15. It was the summer between my eighth and ninth grade year uh-huh. of high school. Um, so I'm 35 now. So okay. um, quite a while, but uh, I guess that has taken many different forms. Um, you could say. Yeah. So what, uh, what, what was the, what kind of, I mean, just tell me about your kind of your story and everything about becoming a Christian. Yeah. Um, I'll try not to, you know, take hours on this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when I was a kid, um, I grew up in in a home that went to church. Um, my parents loved the Lord, and uh, they just like really did grow us up in Christ. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people say things like, uh, you know, uh, there's a difference between growing your kids up in the church and growing up up in Christ. Yeah. Um, and I really do believe that my parents brought me up in Christ. Um, churches that we went to um no i don't think any fault of the churches i think it was just kind of the way that things were were uh, done and communicated this was never like explicitly stated but um very much communicated to me growing up that like it was all about what happens after we die um and uh basically just like this crazy focus on heaven and hell to the point as a young kid i grew up just very paranoid and fear fear based um you know uh, always just on edge as far as like, all right, uh, if I mess up, you know, and have uh, unresolved sin, you know, is that going to separate me from God and am I going to be tormented yeah. in hell? Um, and uh, yeah, so it seemed like just a, an overemphasis on, uh, on eternity. Yep. Um, in, in a sense that uh, I couldn't put words to this until I was much older, but um, it was kind of like this idea of like, all right, I know what we're saved from, but I don't really know what we're saved for. Um, it, it seemed like the only thing that we're saved from is hell um, and that we're saved just to kind of, all right, be on, you're on the team, you're on the right side, and then just kind of wait it out. Um, that's that's how I internalized it. Um, and uh, I guess growing up, uh, I would say that I saw it as like a self-improvement type of thing. Um, and as a way to appease God and to, uh, not have him, uh, ticked at you. Um, that was actually how I saw it up until the point I was like 14 or 15. And, um, I spent some time down in Tennessee. Uh, I'm from Michigan. I live in Pennsylvania now. Um, but I spent some time in Tennessee with my cousins and, uh, they just really showed me the love of Christ in a way that I was just like, Oh, there's more to this than, just feeling good about yourself or being on the right side with God. Um, I was like, there's something real here. Uh, And uh, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what it was. I think it was just, I mean, I I understand it just to be the move of the Holy spirit, just revealing to me, just like, Hey, there's, there's more to a walk with God than just believing the right things. Um, So it was a, uh, What's that? Oh, sorry. With what you said there, I was just going to say, you know, um, I think that that's, uh, as I've studied theology, um, a couple of things you're saying about like that emphasis, you know, like, oh, no, if there's unresolved sin and everything, I think that's why it's so important to the doctrine that, you know, those who are gods, he will not let go. Yeah. Important. But then also with what you just said, I think that there's, um, it really shows like, and I mean, it's the same thing, like, in my life. Uh, it really shows the doctrine of uh, um, uh, effectual calling. I don't know if you ever heard that or not, but uh, yeah. that pretty much those who are God's elect at some point in his life, in their life, 
they will be called by God and God will, um, God, the Holy Spirit will actually begin. He'll regenerate them. He'll work, he'll work a miracle of regeneration in their heart, which actually brings us back to life and gives us the ability to even exercise faith in Christ. Because prior to that, the Bible says that we're dead in sin, our trespasses, right? And so if we're dead in our sin and trespasses, we can't, I mean, like what you're saying, you know, you're raised in the church and stuff, but you never understood it. And then one day you just understood it. And yeah. that's the, you know, and that's where God has called you. And actually the Holy Spirit has regenerated you so that now you can exercise true faith, you know. And so yeah. I, just, I just think it's so cool to see when you see these things working out in a uh, fellow saint's life, you know. So, yeah. sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. I just, I just. No, you're. You're fine. Yeah. So, um, so that was the start of things. Um, I'm trying to just like kind of hit on some key moments. Um, cause I feel like for me, like the majority of like the cool God things have been, um, you know, after that, I guess you could say conversion moment, um, where, uh, I think just kind of over time, different realizations that have just like opened my eyes to the fact that like, Oh, I was definitely, you know, I was walking with Jesus, but, uh, just misunderstood things so horribly um, that they uh, got my focus uh, in the wrong places. Yeah. Um, so I would say from that point on uh, with my childhood and from that point on when I was a teenager and into my, I'd say early twenties um, I'd say it was ca- characterized by the, the just this weightiness um, in my walk uh, of like feeling like I always yeah. needed to kind of just like, really, uh, I guess, kind of walk on eggshells, um, in my walk with Jesus. So it was kind of like, uh, my eyes were open to the fact that, all right, he's, he's real and he wants a relationship with me. Um, but I was still functioning out of the same place of like this performance mentality of like wanting to just appease God. Um, it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't that I wanted to do good out of response to his love. It was more so, I guess, still seeing that I needed to, uh, thinking that I needed to earn his love. Like the, um, like the religion instead of like, oh, I have a relationship and I know that my father loves me. So now I'm going to respond in love by doing good works. Instead, it's the yeah. religion of let me try to earn God's love or whatever, just like every other religion in the world teaches. Yeah, for sure. And um, a, a big thing, you know, before I came to Christ was uh, I struggled as a young teenager with porn and lust uh, like really heavily. So a big part of my story at that point in time was like God, you know, setting me free from that. Um, And then there being a point in time that I fell back in far deeper than before Jesus um, really didn't know what to do with that. Um, And just like, you know, doubted my faith a lot. Um, And uh, I think it came down to uh, me being more focused on what I was doing. Um, The, the, the way that I came to understand it at one point is like, uh, I don't know, like getting away from sin, uh, distancing ourselves from sin actually doesn't in its nature draw us closer to God um, by by itself, I guess you could say. Um, the, the way that I, I thought to put it one time was uh, that getting off the wrong path does little good if you're just standing still on the right one. Yeah. Um, and I would say that that was how my life was characterized for a long time, was just like so much focus on not doing the wrong thing, um, that there wasn't much focus on just surrender <laughs> to what God had for me. Um, and that's just a really heavy weight to carry. Um, and 
it just felt like every single day was like, oh man, it's so difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll fast forward. There was a time like in my mid twenties um, that uh, it was really very insignificant. I was uh, just laying on a futon at my house and uh, it was kind of like in this moment, um, I had this thought of like, I, I, I could die right now and I'd be, that would be fine. Um, and not in a depressing way, not in a way of I've accomplished everything I need to accomplish, but more so like uh, almost like this weight was being lifted off of me. Um, and I really just like in an instant understood what Jesus said when he said, you know, like uh, my, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I feel like uh, for my whole life before that point, I was just like, huh, Jesus said that, but I don't really understand um like what that could possibly mean. Um, it was kind of in an instant, um, just like this freedom in Christ um, and not freedom, you know, to live as I want, but more of a freedom to, uh, I don't know, just like the freedom in surrendering to him and a freedom in just giving him the reins yeah. um, and, uh, you know, just doing, doing things out of a response of his love instead of trying to, trying to earn his love. Um, I guess just uh, seeing that like salvation has already been bought um, and I've been trying to maintain it or earn it or, uh, you know, uh, earn the, the right to it <laughs> as if yep. that's even a thing. Um, yeah. And I understand exactly what you mean because um, for so long after I became a Christian, I just didn't understand that because like I was looking at it from the perspective of, you know, before I was a Christian, I could go and, get drunk and take home random girls or, you know, like whatever. And then I'm like, why I can't do that anymore. How is this freedom? But then when I actually like create Christ has freed me from the slavery to sin that caused me to have that as my main desire. Now I have true freedom to, to say no to those things, you know? So and uh, like you said, like to have not have this weight of like the guilt and just feeling like you're, I, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. Anyway, it's my point. Yeah. And it was, it was around that same time that uh, I started to realize that a lot of my understandings of who God was and uh, who I am in relation to him were just off. Um, the way that I worded it at that time was like, all right, I know that I've experienced God in a real way that I, you know, I just can't deny. Um, yeah. I know he's real and he's interacting with me um in in some way um and i can't just write that off um but at the same time uh i looked at things and i was like the things that i have experienced don't seem to line up with what i know about the bible yeah. uh, so there was a this time period that uh i really just pretty much every day just dove into the bible um and just in my alone time with god where uh I, my prayer was hey like I, I just want to like know you. Um, I don't want to like read or pray with the uh, intention of reinforcing what I already believe, but like, uh, and, and I realized that that, that had been what I was doing. Like pretty much anytime I read the Bible, um, anytime I was in prayer, it was just, all right, these things that I already believe, how can they be reinforced? Yeah. Um, but during that time period, it was terrifying because <laughs> uh, just like, I don't know I don't know what this could mean. You know, I don't know what this could mean for my faith or uh, even just the way I go about life. Uh, yeah. 
I couldn't even tell you like what specific things shifted as far as my understanding. Um, I, I guess one, one thing in particular was, uh, I just started to ponder like the whole idea of like God being good. Um, and hear arguments uh, all over the place with, uh, you know, philosophy classes that I took in college where it was just like, all right, like would a God, good God allow these things? No, these things are happening. Therefore God isn't good. That type of mindset. Yeah. Um, uh, not, not that this is like a simplistic way of understanding it and things are all, all, all good now. Um, but I did start to really recognize that like my version of good, my understanding of good is so limited um, and that my understanding of what is good is not truly good. Um, and uh, if there is a God who is the encapsulation of good and defines good, um, it doesn't mean that all things that happen are good, but you know, more so how incredible of his character that he can turn all things, you know, work all things for his good. Um, that nothing is beyond him using, um, away. One of my friends words, it. uh, her, her mom passed away from cancer quite a few years ago. Uh And, uh, I, I, it was her mom kept saying to them, to the kids, like as she was passing that, uh, you know, like God doesn't waste bad things. Um, and just this idea that, not so much like everything happens for a reason. Now look for that reason. Um, but more so that nothing is beyond God using for good. Nothing is beyond him redeeming. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think the other thing too is, is that um, uh, everything, you know, when it says that it's for God's good, right? So God's yeah. ultimate purpose in the world is to glorify him. Right? Yeah. I mean, his purpose isn't our happiness or our wealth or, you know, any of that. His purpose is to be, is for God to be glorified. So sometimes things that we might see as bad, we see like exactly what you said, such a small picture of it with such a limited understanding of what good is that uh, we just can't see how it could possibly be good. But in the scheme of things, when all the different, you know, threads are all knitted together, all sewn together or whatever, then you see, then, you know, in eternity, we'll see how all those things, and even like looking back on the past, you'll see things that when you went through it were super hard or whatever, but um, then you come out the other side, look back at it in five or 10 years, and you're like, man, I'm really glad that happened because if not, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, it, it kind of uh, related to that. Um, it, it was just really cool that time period of, I think God just like reinforcing the foundation um, and uh, really making that solid. Um, so uh, just like real briefly, uh, I guess I could get into a lot of things, but I'll just keep it very, pretty brief. Um, but uh, I was married for almost six years and uh my wife just left me um and it was like this time period where uh, i really had to hunker down where it was like all right like if i if i really do believe in jesus as my identity and as my foundation um you know what what is this gonna look like moving forward um and i really realized like around that time that I had previously had expectations of like, all right, this, this kind of thing won't happen to me, you know, 
um, just because of my faith, because of my walk with God. Um, kind of like having expectations that certain things in life uh, would not take certain forms. Um, so it was really just this time period of like, all right, like I have zero idea where things are heading. Um, like it's my desire for things to be reconciled and for us to work things out. Um, but recognizing that like, that's, tr- that's truly not completely in my, in my control. Yeah. Um, so really just walking through a time period of trying to do what I could to her um, while at the same time recognizing that I like nothing is guaranteed. Um, and that was a very, very tough, uh, just a place of like limbo yeah. to, to live in for a long time. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was just like another thing that like really solidified things for me. Um, and yeah, at, at the time and, I, and still today, it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, cause here I am like years, years later now, um, remarried. Um, I have a daughter who's, uh, just about a year, year old. Um, and just, it's kind of this wild thing where people will, will even say, say things to my wife about like, oh, it's like, is it kind of wild to like, uh, I don't know, realize that, (laughs) that, uh, you know, the divorce was the thing that I guess kind of like needed to happen for you guys to be together now type thing. Yeah. Um, almost, hopefully I can express this right. Almost with this, this, uh, element of calling the divorce, like a good thing that caused us to be where we are now, Uh if that makes sense. Um, and it's really cool because she's quick to just say, like, no, like, I, I'm never happy about that. You know, like, that was yeah. that was a marriage commitment that was, uh, like, abandoned, you know. Yeah. Um, she's just like, if anything, I have a, a lot of compassion for uh, my ex-wife. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's kind of that balance of we're not calling things that happen good, you know. Um, but still recognizing like the good God that redeems things and doesn't just disqualify us, um, who doesn't say, well, I had, I had plan a for you, but, uh, since things were screwed up, I guess we'll, we'll toss you, you know, we'll toss you the next best thing. (laughs) Um, but, but more so just like, no, like God is good in all things. Um, and nothing is beyond him turning to his good. Um, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, do you, uh, where would you say like, like today, like where, how would you describe your faith today? Oh man. Um, let's see. I, I think there was a point in time that, uh, like growing up, uh, I guess I would say that I was following God because I wanted to appease him. Then I came to a point of following God because of recognizing what he did for me, um, uh, which I think was like a, a good step in the process. Um, but uh, I would say really for like the last 10 years, it's been more of a, a matter of, I don't know, like pretty much any good thing that has ever happened in my life uh, has been, has been like grace on grace. You know, it's totally undeserved. Um, yeah. Just the fact that I get to do, like, I, I see it as, us following God as like answering this invitation, you know, um, to take part in what he's already doing, um, that he doesn't need us, uh, 
it's it's not all going to fall apart if we don't play our part. But at the same time, he invites us in. Um, and I take that invitation very seriously. You know, I'm not yeah. saying <laughs> no big deal if I don't obey, like very big deal. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so, so I'd say it's more a matter of like, I just want to follow God because of who he is. Um, not just because of what he's done for me, but just because of who he is, you know, and just believing that he's worthy and that he's uh, the only truly good thing. Um, and he's the one that defines good. Uh, so um, I guess I would say that's probably a way to, to sum it all up now. Okay. Just wanting to, yeah, wanting to follow him out of a desire um, just to know his love more. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's one thing that I feel like I'm constantly learning more and more is uh, just like, yeah, how great his love is. Um, and um, in the last couple of years, uh, I've really, I guess come to points of, of recognizing that I like to be on the, um, the helping side of things. Like yeah. I like to be the one who's, who's giving. Um, but, uh, it's, it's more difficult for me to receive, um, whether it comes to, uh, to love or just like help in general in life. Um, so I, I think that that's been something that God's been teaching me a lot is just like, Hey, like me as Josh, like I am not meant to be the hero. Um, to, to be you know a create a creation who's who's loved by the creator um and uh i don't know at, at times that i'm seen as weak so he can be seen as strong like that's <laughs> that's great um yeah. and for a long time i had a real real trouble with that um yeah. it was very difficult for me to be in like those humble places but finding more and more just that like God introduce, introduces those things into my life where I have to lean on other people. Um, and it's been a really cool thing to see that side of community in the church. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, I was just thinking about the hero thing you said uh, reminds me so many times you hear these like, you know, children's church and stories about uh, David and Goliath and they want to make us out to be, Hey, be like Goliath. But yeah, that's not the point of the story. Like the point of the story is Jesus, or I mean, not Goliath. I meant to say David. Yeah, no. <laughs> I meant to say, um, but that's not the point of the story. Like the point of the story is that David is a foreshadowing of Christ. And we're like the little Israelites on the side that are like cowering, shaking in our boots, unable to do anything, you know? And yeah. then this is the one who comes and is the savior, you know? And so I just, I, what you said about the hero thing, I just thought that was such a good, like, like awesome truth of you know that we we want to be the hero and we always are looking how can we be the hero but when we realize that no that's not our place like yeah. that's jesus's place then it changes your entire i, I would say walk you know yeah you there's such there's such freedom in that too um one of uh my best friends who he's also the co-host of the i god die podcast uh calvin that's something that he um I don't know, coined i'm sure he's not the first person to say it but he's the first person uh, i've heard say it um but just that you know i'm not the hero of my own story um yeah. just uh yeah exactly that just like how incredible it, it, it is when god uses us puny little people you know to play a part in his story um it's not even about my story in the first place you know yeah exactly all right well um i guess i i gotta get going here but uh you got any prayer requests, first of all? 
Man, um, I feel like the constant thing with me is just discernment with a direction in life. Um, but uh, okay. yeah, sorry to be vague about that, but I, I guess, uh, yeah, just right. balancing, balancing uh, pursuing Jesus uh, with wanting to be productive, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. A lot of the time I get tied up in wanting to, uh, yeah, just wanting to be productive um, and it's easy to lose sight of what's important. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, I will definitely be praying for you. And All right. Thank you guys for joining me. I hope you enjoyed that testimony from Josh, and I hope that you will check out his podcasts. Um, Join me in praying for him, and then together we'll recite the Lord's Prayer. Father, thank you for our brother, Josh, that you've given us the ability to come together to encourage one another. And God, I pray that everybody who listens to this would be grown in their faith through it. And Father, I pray for Josh's needs, as he said, for his uh, direction and that he would feel uh, your call and that he would see that your call is productivity and that he doesn't need to work to please worldly masters, but that you are the only master. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we've forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.